before we jump into some all in, I just want to take a moment to say rest in peace, Bray Wyatt. Man, that was just such devastating news last week. It's got to be the saddest news ever. I mean, I've been such a fan of Bray Wyatt since I started watching wrestling. I loved going to see him live. I remember going to see The Fiend live. I was so excited. He was my favorite act at the time and getting a Fiend shirt when I was there. I still got the Wyatt Jim shirt. Man, it's so sad. He's 36, leaving behind, you know, a wife and kids. The the memorial they did for for him on SmackDown was beautiful. Um, I've teared up multiple times this week during the little memorials they've done for him on on multiple shows on both All In with uh, Malachi Black and during the the whole memorial they did for him on SmackDown. Yeah, agreed. I mean, I totally got so choked up as soon as they showed like that video package and showed his family. I was like, fuck, man. This guy's again gone too soon. Like he had everything that you wanted in a pro wrestler to be the man, but never got that that shot. That's the saddest part. Is like we all saw it, we all knew that it was coming eventually, and nobody was in a hurry because we we're like, this guy's gonna be doing this forever. There's like that famous quote of he was saying with like Brody, he's just like, We were supposed to be doing this and like high school gyms when we were like 80 years old and stuff like that and it's just like heartbreaking i know but you know it's it's crazy man and it's such a shitty thing he just what he got covid and then he got heart problems and had a heart attack he's 36 and it's it's way too young you know 50 60 70 is way too young you know r.i.p also terry funk a legend i've loved listening to what people have had to say and just hearing the history and lore of Terry Funk um, over the last week. But Bray is just exceedingly devastating at, at 36. One of the greatest creative and wrestling minds to shine in this business. Everything he's done is has been must-watch from Wyatt Family to The Fiend to Uncle Howdy. Say what you want if it had a good ending, bad ending, whatever. It's always fun to talk about. It's always fun to watch. You're looking for QR codes and shit. You know, White Rabbit this. It's it's devastating. For sure. And just like, you know, to add on to that point, it's just like no matter how terrible Bray Wyatt was booked or, you know, what you want to say about how they took his character direction or The Fiend, whatever. Like you said, all the things that he did was very unique, very innovative. He was always over. He was never not over. You know, he, he, he sold was... merch. <laughs> he fucking got reactions from the crowd. Dude, people <laughs> loved putting those fireflies up. And, you know, you always hear what an amazing person he was backstage for all the years. People loved hanging out with him and chilling with him. You always heard he was the coolest dude. Um, it's really fucking sad reading all the posts about him and reading everybody's words about him. He brought out a lot of really good qualities in a lot of people. Especially one of my favorite WrestleMania matches of all time, John Cena in 2020 in the COVID match. Me and the valet watched it on Saturday. Bray Wyatt versus John Cena in the Firefly Funhouse match. 16 minutes. Go watch it on YouTube. Amazing rewatch value. One of the coolest matches of all time. Just pure like creativity. 
fucking time travel, amazing editing. Just he's like, oh, no crowd, no problem. We get to we get to have a lot of fun. Then we get to do whatever the fuck we want, and he did. It was amazing. It was so cool. Putting John Cena in the NWO, making himself Kurt Angle, doing all these crazy things. You know, making fun of Vince McMahon. That's good shit. Uh, it's so fun. It's so cool. Go watch it on Peacock. Go watch it on YouTube. I mean, one of the coolest things ever. Wearing Zubaz pants and uh, amazing. <laughs> I always wish that we got the John Cena Bray Wyatt tag team. I've been I've been hoping for for years. <laughs> Maybe one day. Maybe one day. Maybe not. Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> Rest in peace. Rest in peace. <laughs> Welcome back to the Illegal Tactics Podcast. What's up, Kev? How you doing? How was your week? Dude, great week in pro wrestling, besides it being shocked with horrible, devastating deaths. But, hey, man, All In was pretty pretty swell, pretty great show. I haven't seen that many people in a crowd ever. I don't think anyone has, which is sort of their claim to fame right now. How'd you enjoy All In, dude? I fucking, I loved it. It was a great show. Yeah, I definitely, my expectations were so low just because of like, you know, we were always talking about like how the, the, the card was very rushed. The matches were kind of booked very last minute card subject to change, whether that's visa issues or creative differences or whatever, what have you. But overall, yeah, the show was fantastic. You know, I, I had a phenomenal time. It was really, uh, I brought, I watched it in two parts. It was really long. You know, and all the matches very were, long. were very long. They, they took their time, but hey, they told those fucking stories in the ring, and I, I fucking loved it. But what were your thoughts on just the overall look of wrestling in Wembley Stadium? Dude, it felt like WrestleMania. It was crazy. It was so cool to see AEW wrestlers on such a big stage on this, like, giant put-together thing. So many people... I mean, it was weird that they darked out some of the crowd, probably made it better to watch the actual ring. But I was like, don't you want to like put over the fact that you have all of these people here? And man, it was loud. You know, some of like the Adam Cole babies and and the double clothesline chants were crazy in there. Yeah, um, very WrestleMania, the set, very New Japan. Um, but for sure, it's again, a, a win all around them even if they didn't sell it out or doing anything the biggest win is 
that they're doing it again. You saw that at the end that they're coming yeah, back. Yeah, dude, I can't believe. That's so awesome for them. Ride that momentum, you know? People are going to be like, I wish I went this year. And, oh, it was so fun. I want to go again. Yeah, ride that momentum. Sell that shit out again while you can, you know? And don't book a pay-per-view the week after next time. (laughs) Yeah, I'm hoping that they can learn from their mistakes. But, you know, who knows where we're going to be at in a year from now. Maybe you'll catch us, ITP in the crowd, Wembley Stadium next year. Who's to say? Very possible. Very, very possible. Not probable, um, but very possible. <laughs> but yeah, let's just do. Uh, let's go down the card. Just give our quick thoughts and everything. If you got nothing, we can move on. So the zero hour kicked off. First match, better than you, Bay Bay versus Aussie Open, where MJF and Adam Cole won the Ring of Honor Tag Team Titles. What are your thoughts? I was so happy that they won. You know, I was thinking this is where the turn's going to happen. But by having them win the titles, it doubled the entry going into their match. It's like, oh, now I really don't know what's going to happen. Because if they have a turn, then it's like, even with the title, it just added so much more. Like this, The friendship is even more solidified. Everything becomes, the stakes just raise higher. You don't know what's going to happen in the main event. Instead of going in knowing like, oh, you know. Their turn, their enemies now. Now, I have no fucking idea what's going to happen. I don't know who the bad guy is. I don't know who the good guy is. I don't know what's going to happen. And, you know, just a, a sneak preview to when we talk about the main event, them being friends throughout it told such a better story and made it so much more exciting for a main event. And I think it really got the crowd more involved in that way. Yeah, agreed. MJF, Adam Cole, they both brought their A games, and it was just you know the the kangaroo kick that should pop the shit out of me. Oh, uh, dude, the the kangaroo kick kick popped the whole crowd. MJF gets the craziest shit over. It's him just moving around with his arms up and doing a drop kick, and he has like eighty thousand people screaming for it, and there are signs for it in the crowd. You know, everyone's risking their lives doing the craziest flips and jumps and he's like i'm gonna get eighty thousand people to scream kangaroo kick and double clothesline and it's not even like a lariat it's just two people running with their arms up also that double clothesline bump was sick when they won the titles it was a really good really good bump uh, by ozzy open but yeah you know we'll circle back around uh towards the main event but Completely agree. It told so much of a better story by the end of it. But um, the next thing that Shout happened out to on- Kyle Fletcher, but I want to say, change your name. Nobody will ever announce world champion Kyle Fletcher. It just won't happen. Change your Heard name. Heard it here first. Heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. Um, speaking of first, we got the uh, the first appearance of the night in the crowd. Mercedes Monet literally just showed up legit as a fan, it seemed like. And that's all I what can think mark. of. What a mark. Mercedes the Mark Monet. <laughs> it felt like that she didn't want to make it a big thing because you would figure if there was something going on that Tony would put together a whole thing, you know, instead of just yeah. having her at first at the pre-show or throughout the show, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, but she's I mean, injured. So, you know, keep it low key. But they showed her a lot throughout the night, especially during the women's match. I think they showed her like two or three times. Um, yeah, I think so too. But I'm just glad that she was able to show up there, even if it is to, you know, rattle the marks and get them talking. You know, because mm-hmm. she's been injured. There was like possibly a whole plan that she might have been here um, for it. But I'm glad to see her that she's uh, popping up again. 
But I remember back in the day we were booking Jamie Hader versus Mercedes Monet for this. You know, back when this was in its really infantile state, and you know, card subject to change. That was not the match at all. Both of these people were injured. <laughs> yeah, Tony can't pivot con. That's what we like to call him. But <laughs> speaking of can't pivots, we also had the last match on the zero hour pre show: Hook versus the FTW champion Jack Perry. Did you know this match was happening? Because I did not. <laughs> I figured it made sense. You know, um, I thought it was pretty cool. He came out in the limo and stuff. And they they kind of like also, again, used this match to get the crowd kind of bumping. Uh, I love the little uh, CM Punk dig when he suplexed him on the glass when he was like, oh, this is real glass over here. Allegedly, <laughs> that was a, an- another altercation between punk and perry before he went out all oh but brother again. okay srs we'll we'll fucking see <laughs> but we'll yeah fucking see new champion hook it was good i mean i think they did good business you know it, it, whatever the story that they told wasn't the best but hey you know it's hooks very one of his very first real feuds he looked fucking great he got the title back and uh Again, just a jumping point, hopefully, for Jack Perry to see where his heel character goes in the future. Any other thoughts from Yeah. I mean, I did not know that this match was going to be on, but I'm glad it was, because why wouldn't you want to get Jack Perry and Hook in front of 80,000 people, you know? It would be ridiculous not to. So, shout out to them. They put on a great show. I loved Jack Perry coming out in the limo. I'm glad Hook won. You know, this is not a title that needs long reigns. They can trade it back and forth. Um, Jack Perry can get it back. Jack Perry's doing cool shit. I really liked it. I hope he links back up with uh, the shepherd of fatherless children, Christian, <laughs> at some point. I think that would be really interesting. Dude, book it for sure. I know you've been calling it for a while, but that's the reunion that we really need for them to. Yes. Yes. The mega power. Speaking of, I have say. another call that I just want to make. Um, it's it, just so I don't forget later. Nick Wayne disappeared with Luchasaurus during that match later on the swerve match. I think he's going to come back as little Luchasaurus or something because, like, he just never showed up again. <laughs> and it would be so funny if he came back as, like, a tiny dinosaur. Yeah, give me some Luchasaurus lore, some backstory, some some character development to just find out how and why. And just like, you know, Nick Wayne just doesn't know how he got there. He just doesn't know how to speak. That'd be great. He gives me, like mind broken nick wayne becomes like a dinosaur luchador and he's like no i'm from 36 billion years ago too and it's just like it's just the wrestliest crappiest shit we've ever seen fuck it book it let's go man it'll build so much intrigue on wednesday going into the pay-per-view who cares come on you got nothing to lose wrestling is built on bullshit So you want Nick Wayne to go all in with this gimmick. I feel you. But speaking of all in, (laughs) the real start to the show with the real world championship. Not worlds, real world champion. It's not worlds? No, they changed it. Oh, that's lame. Real world sounds so cool. I love the the plurality of it, the pluralness, the plural. I don't know. But I mm-hmm. love it. But I'm a big NWA mark. Me and Terry Funk, brother. Got the title right there to my left. But yeah, you know, surprised that they opened the show. But, you know, if the best spot if you're not main eventing, especially with uh, CM Punk's Terry Funk spinning toehold, whatever nonsense that he was doing. He This seemed like his tribute match 
to Terry Funk and all yeah. the stuff that he was doing. Second um, best match of the night. If MJF and Adam Cole wasn't so good, this was the best match of the night. This match was amazing. I fucking love this match. And Joe, Samoa Joe is a goddamn fucking star. And he was so funny. Him, like, dodging CM Punk's jump and letting Punk just crumble on the ground. And him slamming Punk into, like, the bottom of the of the table and then flipping him off were, the, <laughs> like, the two funniest spots of the night. <laughs> Yeah, aside from that corny blade job when he threw him under the table, I was like, okay, all right. But I think Punk looks so cool bleeding, dude. Punk looks so cool bleeding. This is AEW. Everybody, everybody bleeds. It's all good. Yeah, I mean, I I thought that Samojo did so good in this match. Just like you said, all the spots for me, like the the teeter totter spot is the one that really popped me from Samojo when he kept chopping him and he just kept coming back up Mm, and whatever, mm -hmm. you know. But I, I I agree. This is one of the best matches of the night. Also, this is when I broke out my uh, buttermilk berry cornbread Van Leeuwen. So I was having a Ooh, great time. We got <laughs> no we matter got the, what. We got the co-host on the Van Leeuwen wagon. Let's fucking go. <laughs> but I, I I thought that Joe was gonna take it. You know, he had some fucking new champ shorts looking, and mm-hmm. I feel like this was also Joe's biggest match before i i looked it up he only had one wrestlemania match where he beat Rey mysterio in less than a minute i don't know if you remember that from a few years ago i um, do i do yeah he just choked him out like right away which is hilarious yeah but dude by the end of it i mean i thought that the crowd was turning on cm punk and was so behind joe but it was so hard to tell because the crowd was so loud but mm-hmm. by the end of it cm punk fucking got me good man that pepsi plunge one two three and, you know, Nigel McGuinness, I, I wrote down that, you know, he he sold it for me because he was like, you know, Punk used his own mass against him. He did the whole, you know, <laughs> William Regal type deal, you know, just to make sure. Yeah, dude, Nigel McGuinness is a goddamn star. I think he's so, so funny. I love hearing him on commentary. Really, this match was amazing. And I knew that Joe was going to go out there and have an amazing match. I didn't know Punk was going to go out there and have, like, an 18-20 minute, like, four, five-star match. So, really, more shout-out to Punk. You know, he went from the most winded man alive to, holy shit, you give him the right pacing, like Jericho, and he'll have an amazing match. I fucking loved it. Fucking loved it. Well said. Shout-out to CM Punk, our real-world champion. But uh, CM Punk and Samojo, you guys have amazing chemistry. Fucking, ugh. Great job. Great way to start the show and get people invested. Speaking about uh, chemistry, the next match was the, what, Golden Lovers Elite? Golden Elite type Yeah, beat? the Golden Cowboys. Yeah, with versus Takesha and BC Gold. Um, dude, I love that BC Gold entrance. That shit was pretty cool. It was so cool. <laughs> it was so fucking cool. And uh, I feel like the most, the biggest heel move in pro wrestling is Don Callis letting the ethereal hum ring out through 80,000 people twice, <laughs> twice, fucking twice, dude. Um, dude, he's such a jerk. And Don that Callis was, is the worst. And, f- dude, for this match, my over-under was like, are they going to get Code of the Juice? And they fucking did. I loved it. <laughs> he looked great. Dude, he looked awesome. He looked great. He looked great. Also, the main thing was, obviously, he's not in, like, the physical condition he was in but his speed and power were back for the most part he was like moving and landing like the way he was before i was like 
I'm happy for Coda because at the end of the day, like he was fucking up in that match before and he got a lot of flack for it. Dude, Coda is more addicted to pro wrestling than anybody bar like who Shibata. So who the fuck was probably the hardest on Kota Ibushi besides Kota Ibushi? He probably hated himself after that showing. He probably went and like cursed himself out in the mirror and did a blade job, you know? So I'm glad that Kota's back. He's probably way happier that he's back, and he did a fucking fantastic job. The match was a lot of fun. Honestly, I thought the Golden Lee was going to go over, but I think the right person won. Giving Takeshita... A win over Kenny Omega is fucking awesome. My only complaint is that Jay White does not stand out enough amongst BC Gold because they're all so loud. This guy, I know people like his abs. I get it. Look, back when he was in New Japan and he was beefy, he looked better. He looked different. Everybody's too fucking skinny in AEW. Jay White (laughs) needs to beef up and he needs to do way more singles matches. No more fucking tagging with Juice. Juice can do trios and tag stuff with with the with the ass boys. Love the ass boys, but we need to make Jay White a single star like he deserves. He needs to fucking beef up and do single shit because he deserves more because he can reach the highest heights, and he's not uh, doing it right now. Yeah, completely agreed. That you know Jay White. Anytime you put him out there in a big spot, I mean they they trust him. They trust him with a lot of big spots, but it's just like I think. We just need to give him some time. He's always floating around the main event, whether it's here or in New Japan. So I think it's just only a matter of time. You know, we'll just be patient and stuff. But yeah, to to, to agree with what you said before, um, they booked Takeshita so strong in this match. Dude, hell so yeah. <laughs> strong. And even on commentary, they just kept putting this guy over. So I really hope that Kenny, or not Kenny, sorry, Tony, can just take care of Takeshita because he's literally got like, a brand new American soil Okada, like in his hands, you know what I mean? Like he's, he's fucking there. Like he, we know that he can, he can perform and he can do all this stuff in the ring. So hopefully they play their cards. Right. But yeah, I, other than, you know, Abushi just like ignoring rules and just walking like i have to match i'm just you know they're wrestling and then abushi just walks in and just starts doing whatever he wants in like a just like a 2k video game but um yeah i mean shout out to hangman for that real cowboy shit of hitting his finisher on the back of somebody's head real like manly to hit somebody in the back instead of hitting them head on like everybody else was you know real cowboy shit right there (laughs) i'm being sarcastic for those that can't tell and uh you know, we were complaining for a while that, you know, oh, Kenny doesn't want to do a singles match, blah, blah. I think it's almost great that he didn't because at the end of the day, Kenny Omega wanted to wrestle with his fucking boys, with his yeah. friends. And I think that's awesome. With his golden you know? lover. He wants to help, <laughs> like, rehab him into the fucking, the man that he knows he is. He's like, yo, I got to take care of this shit. And we got to get more people on the card. Like, fucking, you know he loves Jay White. Like, that's, like, the guy gene that he left there. He left, like, Jay White and Osprey, and he's like, New Japan is in good good guy gene hands, you know? This part of New Japan. So, good guy gene hands. Uh, speaking of, let's talk about FTR versus the Young Bucks. I, I, unironically, not trying to get heel heat, fell asleep during this match. <laughs> I took a nap during FTR versus the Young Bucks. I, I you know... I get it. You know, you get so much fast-paced action, and it's just like, there is no story here. They've made it a point to make sure that there's no story, other than mm-hmm. it's the, what, the third or third match, 
rematch mm-hmm. between them. But yes, I, I I can see why. But this match fucking ruled. Obviously, I mean, wow. you love tag team wrestling; they're the best at it. That's all you need to know. Um, I love the fear the revolver FTR sign. That was so funny. It popped me. Uh, yeah, you know <laughs> that's a and, great sign. And I love watching Dax wrestle. No matter how annoyed I am that he talks about his fucking daughter twenty four seven and cuts the same goddamn promo. But mm-hmm. when you're watching Dax, Dax the Axe, the axe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude, throwing those straight bombs, it's it's so good. And, you know, they got their shit in. They hit the double sharpshooter. They hit, you know, they did the, the classic FTR NXT thing where, you know, they trade finishes. And then, you know, eventually just such good tag team sequences ftr retains but we also get no handshake from the young bucks so thank god my favorite thing leading up to this match because i did not really see most of the match was that during their promo together their backstage promo is then when dax was like you better not talk about my daughter the young bucks finally called him out was like you're the ones always bringing it up you're the only ones talking about it of course we're gonna talk about there's nothing else to talk about because you're always talking about so shout out to the young bucks Sorry that I fell asleep through your match, but I had five more hours of wrestling to get through, and I wasn't going to go rewind. Yeah. Anyway, speaking about <laughs> rewinding, <laughs> uh, the Bullet Club, Bullet Club, sorry, BCC, Blackpool Combat Club, rewinding the clocks to dress like Neo. Nailed it. Stadium Dude, stampede. No, their fits were fucking <laughs> si- The peacoat drip? Dude? Mox looked awesome. Mox looked awesome. He looked so yeah. cool. And Cesaro. Wheeler looked fine, but <laughs> they looked so cool. Also, shout out to Santana. Get me this guy's juice, man. I want to be that fucking yoked. Yeah, man. I mean, w- w- this match was probably my favorite stadium stampede that they've ever done, right? Uh, I, by missed far, the fir- right? I missed the first one, which apparently is the best one. And it does feel like a COVID match, which is what that one was. It was like a cinematic match. So, I, yeah, this was my favorite one so far. I think they fucking nailed it with this one. Orange Cassidy did. Dude, hardcore Blood Orange Cassidy with the 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 glass fist. Oh! Yeah, that was, that was an awesome finish. But, you know, shout out to fucking John Moxley, dude. As much as I hate this gimmick, whatever he does when he does it week to week with commercial breaks, but something about when Mox does, he he's the best at this hardcore wrestling style. And when he does it on yes. a big stage uh, in front of thousands and thousands of people at a pay-per-view, it, mm-hmm. for some reason it clicks so much better um, with me, you know, the skewer spot that he had with Penta would do when fucking Pentagon was jamming the skewers into Moxley's head. I thought it was, gonna Oh <laughs> my God. It was so it was disgusting when he had those skewers sticking out of his head. Also, when uh, Orange Cassidy was like doing the light kicks on him and Moxie just pulled out a fork and then jumped on him and started stabbing him repeatedly with a yeah, fork. Yeah, dude. He absolutely. Dude, Orange Cassidy was getting mauled. Mauled like in real life. It looked really fucking bad. But <laughs> like, in the best bro, way. Stop being cute. You're in there with a murderer. <laughs> Yeah, the forks just getting stabbed over and over again. Dude, Moxley fucking kissing Trent's mom. Heel, best <laughs> yeah, heel the you, biz. I was like, Renee, get your mans. <laughs> He's kissing Sue. Yeah. <laughs> it was a it was a really fun time. I mean, honestly, I didn't really get much of Santana and Ortiz. Um, 
there was like, you know, those weird botches where the, the tables were a little flimsy or like the ladders were breaking and they, you know, just getting their shit in. The Penta spot, I did not care for when he left and came back. You remember? As Penta Oscuro? Yeah. Not yeah. for me. Brother. I think he should have came back in all black instead of red. Because it right? just would have been... Yeah, I was like, I get that your Pentagon dark, but I don't think we can really see the intricacies in, like, the difference of your gear as much as, like, you can. Like, we don't know that this is, like, your like your Darth Maul stuff. Just put on the all black, dude. Come on. Yeah. Um... Great stuff. How, oh, how, shout yeah, out to the, the beatdown of Wheeler by all the best friends. That was very satisfying. That's like the, a nice callback to the, the lore. Yeah, the hug was also very satisfying. The zoom out and mm-hmm. Wembley, very, very mm-hmm. good. Um, but yeah, shout out to Orange Cassidy. Such a cool finish, dude. Those orange punches fucking hit different. Mm-hmm. Especially when they're wrapped in glass. Um, Hell yeah. He's going to be world champion one day. For real. I believe it. I believe Even it. Even if it's transitional, but I mean, like, he's him, dude. Man is, is like, he's like Kobe. He unlocked honesty impact with that shit. <laughs> Speaking of uh, t- transitional world champion, let's talk about the <laughs> AEW Women's Championship four-way match. Uh, you know, Soraya came out with her whole family, came out to Queen. That was a really cool moment. Uh, and I don't watch Rampage, so I don't know what Tony Storm's new gimmick is. It's like she's not in the Outcast, but she is. Um, she's going insane and doing like uh, like a '50s '60s actress sort of deal, maybe even '40s. I don't know, but, but yeah, she's doing like an old timey East Atlantic actress type beat. Yeah, sort um, of thing. you know, Sheeta, she got her flowers where she got a real title run, quote unquote, in in front of fans for twenty five days. It's fine. She still performed yeah. in front of 80K. Mm-hmm. What she else do you need? She was over as shit, dude. A lot more over than I thought she would. But, you know, she's great. She's great in the ring. People love her. Uh, I did pop by how much Brit was just kind of in the background. Like, no one really cared. She was kind of just whatever, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. the whole the whole entire match revolved around the, the breakup of the outcast, you know, with... Yeah. You know, which was a really good story seeing, you know, Tony and Soraya kind of going back and forth. And, you know, she, Tony clocks her mom. She fucking mm-hmm. gets in Brit. I mean, Brit, not Brit, uh, Ruby's face. Yeah. Um, Ruby could have uh, stood to stay out there for like a little longer. She came out, was like, stop, got like hit, and then just stormed out. I was like, dude, you could have been out here for like 40 seconds instead of like 10, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I really like the finish i really like that soraya went over so congrats Me too, man it was a beautiful moment such like a nice bow on the on like on top of soraya's story nothing more satisfying than seeing soraya who's been through so much who is responsible for so much in the women's revolution to win the AEW women's title like this big beautiful title in front of eighty thousand of her countrymen you know in fucking wembley stadium in front of her family perfect that's what we want to see, man. A fucking moment. That's some WrestleMania shit right there, you know? Mm-hmm. Make a goddamn moment. The match almost doesn't even matter. It's about that fucking moment right there. Her fucking crying, holding that title, just welling up with emotion. Ah, it was beautiful. That's what wrestling's about, man. Making dreams come true! Well said. And it's the fresh injection of life for, you know, AEW's women's division, who it's it's been lacking. It's been very, like... It's been floating around since Tony couldn't pivot. But this is a good pivot. I like this. You know, reset the division, 
has a great story with Tony and Soraya fucking she deserves it. She earned it. She earned that. She didn't show up here and just get it handed to her. She literally yes. earned that shit. So and if Jamie Hader can come come back soon, she can be like, you stole my spot. She's like, mm-hmm. you're the face of the women's revolution. You stole my spot as a woman from Britain. Like that was supposed to be me, not you. You're just an old fucking hag, you know, who stole my spot. Something like that. I don't know. Soraya is not an old hag. Well, speaking <laughs> that's of old, what Jamie Hader could say, you know, I'm just I'm just doing heel stuff, people. Speaking about old hags, you want to talk about uh, Sting and uh, Darby versus who is it again? Oh, yeah. Christian so, Cage and Swerve <laughs> coffin match. Uh, Swerve's live entrance. Not bad. The guy Swerve's was live little... entrance was awesome. He had a live rapper. <laughs> swerve when I drive and I swerve when I drive. <laughs> a hit is a like, hit. You shouldn't do that, Swerve. <laughs> Um, that was really cool. Again, really, it sucks that AR Fox got taken out very last minute, which that's neither here or there. That sucked. But maybe it was visa issues. Not sure. Uh, yeah, he like couldn't fly there. But I mean, I think a lot of people complained about how they did it. I was like, I think all things considered, like for a last minute pivot, I think they nailed it. They like put it into the storyline. They made it emotional. I think they did fucking great. For a pivot. Tony can pivot con, some would say. Yeah, Tony pivoted great con, you know? Use this as, like, proof of concept, Tony. Like, you can pivot. You should do it more often. Uh, but, yeah, this this match was cool. You know, I mean, I was a little disappointed when, you know, Sting and Darby had the cool video package where Sting was in the Jack the Ripper outfit. But then when so he came, fucking cool. But then when he came out, he was in a fucking t-shirt, and I was like... I know! Why not just come out in the Jack the Ripper outfit that you were just wearing, and then take it off, and and just be in the t-shirt anyway? I know, it's not a big deal. That might just be part of the the Joker Sting canon, you know, attire. That's like plot armor for Joker Sting in TNA. Instead of, you know, throwing together a sick Sting coat in front of 80,000 people, but whatever. I know. That video package was so cool, though. Yeah, I loved the Jack the Ripper thing, and then he's like, "Hello!" Does <laughs> the whole Joker gimmick? It was sick. The match uh, was really fun too. My only complaint is that it felt like Christian was there to be buried. You know, like it should have been him, not Swerve. It doesn't really matter at the end of the day. Wins and losses don't matter. But like, why not just throw Christian, who is able to eat losses? He's not even in the title match next week against Darby into the coffin. <laughs> Maybe that's why. I don't know. But, you know, Luchasaurus saved Christian. Yeah, like you said earlier, Nick Wayne came out. A lot of crazy bumps. A lot of, you know, Japanese tables were there. We got a lot of coffin stuff. But it was cool. I really liked Swerve getting shut in there. Darby coffin dropping him. Just, you know, sandwiching him on there. It's really cool. I was sports entertained. I was sports entertained, too. The hands coming out was fucking sick. I was like, oh, zombie swerve. Let's fucking go. I almost, I wanted to see him win, but I saw a sign that was like 2,900 plus days since Sting's last loss. I was like, god yeah. damn. Roman wishes. <laughs> For real. <laughs> but, you know, speaking about Roman wishing, maybe. Jericho does the all-in halftime show, gets to perform down the ramp this was I, sick yeah <laughs> you yeah. like that the ao yes. and everything yeah okay Dude, it was cool it's so cool to be able to walk down a ramp in front of eighty thousand people and sing your own song that you write and perform 
that's so fucking cool and sing it with 80,000 people that want to sing with you. Come on. Yeah, you're right. I would love to be in that position. So shout it's out to fucking Chris Jericho, man. The, the only thing cooler is when he wasn't allowed to come out to his song against MJF and then the whole crowd sang it for him. But this is so fucking sick. This is big. It's so it's so cool. It's so cool. It's not like his vanity project, bruv, but I love Will Ospreay, dude. This match fucking ruled. I thought it was, ruled. it was a, it was a great promo last week, just leading into this with Will Ospreay just saying, you know, this is his time, his moment. It's everything for him and nothing for, for Chris Jericho. Um, I got worked a ton in this match, dude. Me too. So many times. And the freaking, what was that? Hidden Blade when Jericho's like flipping him off. Beautiful, dude. This was like an anime match. You know, yep. fucking Will Ospreay put down a freaking Yonko in Wembley Stadium. It felt like a his... <laughs> million percent, you know? It, it was a really great story because obviously Will is going in as the baby face. He can't be a heel in front of, you know, 80,000 screaming countrymen. You know, this guy is the young prince. And the story he told, like, you know, this guy is a single father. Did you know that he's widowed as of 2020? Mm-mm, did this not guy know is that. like the shonen protagonist taking down, <laughs> taking down Chris Jericho. <laughs> he just has bad guidance right now in front of uh, Don Callis. He should hidden blade his fucking head off. I don't care where this guy. I hope he maybe he'll go to WWE. Maybe he's like, I got a fucking baby to provide for. I'm going to WWE. I cut great promos. I'm the best wrestler. I'm going to go kick Seth Rollins' ass and make bag after bag after bag. You know? Fuck would it. Lo- yeah, would love that. Would love that Let's so much. Let's get Roman versus Will Ospreay at fucking WrestleMania. That's also another thing I was doing, was using this event as like the WrestleMania test to be like, how would Will Ospreay look? Because on a WrestleMania set, and he looked Good. fucking <laughs> yeah, amazing. Good. <laughs> <laughs> Same with Kenny Omega. I want to hear Battle Cry at WrestleMania. <laughs> uh, speaking of Battle Cry, the next match on the card. This is also where I I had to tap out. I remember after the, the awesome Osprey Jericho match, I was like, if the main event is next, I'll watch it. Because I started this watching it. because late. you didn't take a nap uh, during the Young Bucks FTR match. <laughs> <laughs> probably. It was like 2.30, and I was like, I can probably go for one more match, and it was like the Trios champion. I was like, I don't have another <laughs> don't hour Trios champion energy. But, you know, I, I mean, tell me about this match, because at this point, this was my napping match. I was so gassed. I was exhausted, yeah. you know? Okay, so here's what I'll say. First, first off, the House of Black, their entrance was fucking sick. Their gear looks so cool. The, the CP0 the, drip? Yes. <laughs> yes. And the absolute class move of Malachi Black, who had a beautiful Instagram post um, and thing to say about Bray, about how they used to bounce ideas off of each other creatively and how they were like, you know, creative like brothers almost. He just comes out, you know, doesn't make a big thing of it, just holding a lantern and just puts it down and continues his entrance. Everybody around has fireflies and they even have fireflies on their Titan Tron. I was like, I teared up. I was like, that is just such a, a class move to just add a few fireflies and come out with a lantern and put it down for him. Just a, a beautiful little tribute to a lost friend that you get to do in front of 80,000 people and with 80,000 people that give a fuck. 
you know, just a beautiful little thing. Then, mm-hmm. you know, funny rap by the acclaimed and fucking off to the races. Really fun <laughs> match, dude. These guys are great. I love the story of badass Billy Gunn coming back to win one more title, you know, or he's going to retire. If for him, it's just a retirement versus title match. And, you know, it's not like that for the House of Black, but fuck it. They have a great match, some good spots, and the good guys win. And the acclaimed get to like present this title for him. They're like, you've done so much and you deserve it. You deserve one more piece of gold before you go. And it was, it was emotional. It was beautiful. It was a fun story after a crazy match. And I'm excited to see like a little trios run from acclaimed. I'm like, these, I was like, the, the trios need like a little more sports entertainment. And these three are like perfect for that. And House of Black are going to be back to murder them and get them back eventually. So fucking let's go. Yeah, the scissor me timbers to uh, Julia Hart was what I remember. Like, I woke up to like a pop when I was like dozing off, and it was that. And I was like, oh, the valet did not like that. The valet specifically (laughs) was like, they should not be doing this. This is not, this is not okay. You cannot be scissoring me timbers to the one woman on the team. That's not, you don't do that. I was like, but you know, she did join an evil cult, or she's like, I just don't do that. (laughs) <laughs> yeah man it, i mean house of black i have no uh no uh what's the word no clue i don't know who knows house of black will be fine without the house trio of black match. will be fine <laughs> um also they did like the biggest scissor ever there were so many foam scissors and like homemade scissors in the crowd there was thousands like not an exaggeration, like thousands. They would pan to like one area and it would have hundreds and they would just keep panning to different areas. I'm like, these guys are selling like Roman Bray Stone Cold levels of merch. Yeah, mm-hmm. you got to put the titles on them. These guys are fucking over. These guys should be on Dynamite and Collision every week. Better For not sure. be wasting their time on goddamn Rampage. That's all I know. Yeah, I'm glad to see also... Uh, acclaimed back in the main event because we were talking about it for oh so long that they were so hot and then it was just nothing hopefully this brings some new life to the acclaimed and yeah dude shout out to fucking billy gunn because that promo he cut last week that really got me juiced up yeah you know, with the badass cool. back it's very cool. badass billy gunn baby <sighs> speaking about badass the main event of the evening of all in eighty thousand, eighty-one thousand, and thirty-five fans paid attendance for MJF versus Adam Cole for the triple B on the line. Great. This stuff. was the best match of the night. <laughs> this was uh, fucking awesome. I, I mean, I definitely think so. The storytelling alone, like obviously the wrestling spots are really great, but MJF really leaning into this sort of baby face role. You know, that everybody's been saying, you know, because he's never going to fully turn babyface just because he's a it's MJF. He's a fucking scumbag. He's our scumbag. He's the best heel in the business. But the fact that he can just get so much sympathy and and like, again, 80,000 people, they're out they're fucking ants to these people in the in the nosebleeds. But MJF is just telling this story with his fucking hands and just getting the, the crowd is listening to all his little like ad libs that he's trying to do. And again, such a good move that they were the tag champs into it because the friendship and like Adam Cole could do the things that MJF couldn't. 
You know, MJF had to hold himself back multiple times in this match from ending his best friend's career. And mm-hmm. it's just it the story of friendship and sportsmanship and fucking heartbreak. I mean, 10 out of 10. Great stuff. 10 out of 10. Dude, the, the callback to the draw and MJF oh, yeah. just being like, we're, we're going till we have a winner and fucking Wembley. <laughs> This is so cool. Then they have the match. Roddy comes out and kicks him in the dick. I'm like, finally, someone's getting kicked in the goddamn dick. Oh, dude, the <laughs> fucking know? Bryce Remsburg. Adam Cole still can't win. Yeah, Bryce Remsburg got his ass kicked in this match. Adam Cole's face when he hit him with the Panama City plunge or whatever was so funny. <laughs> yeah, that that popped me the most. Seeing him eat a fucking destroyer. Um and just sell, overselling that, you know, that two count when he first woke up. It was, ah, man. But, again, I'm glad that we got to kind of keep it going a little bit. You know, everybody was 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 speculating, is this the breakup? This is the breakup. How are they going to do it? They didn't do it in the pre-show. They're obviously going to do it then. But this was like, they kept the title on MJF. Great. I didn't want Adam Cole to necessarily win. You know, and then they found a way to just still tease it like it's still probably coming. They're the tag champions. But man, when I'm so glad that they didn't end it. It's it's like the bloodline. You know, it's the best story yeah. they got. Squeeze this shit out. Let's see what where we can keep going. It's so fun to watch them every week. Why have some patience? Let's keep going. I'm so glad I was predicting that they were going to do the breakup this time. And I'm so glad that I was wrong. I'm so I'm very happy that they're just going to keep this going because it makes the both of them better, you know. And dude, I don't know about you, but Adam Cole was being such a bitch ass at the end of this when he lost. He was crying, yeah. He's crying, (laughs) and then MJF's like, "No, dude, it could have been either of us, you know. Like, I just got lucky, you know." He's being so real, he's being like such a good friend. He goes and gets him the titles, and he passes him his his tag title. He (laughs) takes him, he throws it like a little kid. He's like, "Oh." that one i want yours like oh you're such a little pussy dude yeah what the hell and mjf just being like you know calling him a piece of shit liar and it was just again just the 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 best wrestling was not even wrestling it was the way he was acting and the story he was telling god tier acting from mjf when he's like you did it all for this i don't even give a fuck he just threw it at him he's like fucking take it it doesn't matter and he just (laughs) waits for him to hit him with it and then roddy just spawns and he's like yeah do it do it kill him still in the neck brace you know for however long it is it's the best running rib it feels like for him but yeah man again you get adam cole and mjf embracing to close the show of 80,000 people and all in and you know they hold up those titles so great stuff like all in all it was like this could just be an episode of dynamite but because it was in in Wembley Stadium it was just an amazing pay-per-view an amazing experience and dude shout out to Tony Khan shout out to AEW for putting together an event that it's like dude business is fucking booming dude business Mm -hmm. is booming when you get two pro wrestling companies in America that are selling stadiums around the world. It's yep. amazing stuff. Amazing. Amazing. It's crazy, dude. That was it was so good. <laughs> it was great. I'm so happy. Weren't weren't WWE just in London too? I think so. Yeah, they were there for money in the bank. So Yeah. Dude. And they did a stadium, didn't they? 
like a small stadium, like 20K. Oh, okay. Like, like, a, like an arena, like a really big okay. arena. Okay. Um, but it, it's crazy, man. They, they locked up all in for next year. So who knows if WWE will ever run Wembley Stadium in the next few years. But I'm so glad that at least this is like the new uh, – what's the one that happens all the time that I always go to and – in, in Grand a, Slam. It's like Grand Slam, where it's like every year you, you, you do it. And I feel like that even like next year, they'll be able to even do an even better job at booking and planning and everything like that. Expectations they better are get Okada be, there next year, dude. I hope so. And they're like, gonna need something like that. But you know, we'll 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 next week, this literally in six days from now, we got another AEW pay per view that oh we'll my God. <laughs> cover next week. The but only is, match that I know that's on it is Darby versus Luchasaurus. <laughs> there's a Miro Will Hobbs match on there oh, somewhere, nice. I believe. <laughs> but during the main event, somebody was holding up like uh, a Willie Hobbs sign, and it was huge. It was so tall and so big. I'm like, you're blocking like like 30 people's eyesight to hold up a Willie Hobbs sign for a man who was in zero hour. Put it down. Put it down, you obnoxious piece of shit. If you are the one UK listener that we have, you're an asshole. Stop yourself. Do not do this again in the future. You know? He was on five hours prior. Don't put up your fucking Willie Hobbs sign in the main event when he was on five hours previously. Asshole. What the fuck is wrong with you? Shout out to... Powerhouse Hobbs. Shout out to Powerhouse uh, Hobbs. Uh, so, with that being said, you know, crazy week of pro wrestling. Is there anything else that you'd like to cover before we get out of here? No, but I uh, can't wait for All Out. Now that we've been all in, it's time for All Out this weekend. <laughs> Facts. Let's get out of here. So, you can follow me on Instagram, TikTok, soon YouTube Shorts, Fibro Foodie, number five. Kevin, plugs? My friend, um, I have no personal plugs, but you can follow both of us at Illegal Tactics Podcast on Instagram and TikTok. We're posting some good memes, some good edits, some good shit. Come check us out. We will not be on YouTube Shorts <laughs> that I know of in the foreseeable future. So uh, yeah, don't check us out there. Come on to Instagram and TikTok at Illegal Tactics Podcast. Yes, thank you as always for listening, liking, subscribing, all of our stuff. Thank you for, if you guys found us from our socials. We love every single one of you. So. Again, rest in peace, Bray Wyatt, Terry Funk, Bob Barker. Go out and watch some wrestling. I'll catch you on the next one. Peace out, buddy. Love you, Bray. Love you, Terry. 